Praise God. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I had a conversation with uh, Bethany uh, yesterday, probably an hour, and just visiting about all the things that are going on. She told me that story of the kids that they'll be getting this week. And I'm so I am just so happy to know that we're a part of that. You know, Um, we're for those of you that don't know, I mean, Living Waters Church has been involved with Casa Angelina and, and, and the Tate family in Guatemala since the beginning. We There was nothing there when we started. There was not one building, not one anything, just the side of a hill. And so we've been involved in this project for, I don't know, 30 years, you know, just working to to get to the place we are. And it's very, it's very fulfilling right now to be able to look and to see these things and see all those kids' smiles and faces and know that they would have never made it. And, and to be a part of that. And then, you know, we're doing the project also in Kenya and, and helping them over there to, to establish basically what you see there, but in Kenya, Africa. And, uh, so, you know, it's glorious. Now, what's funny about this is, um, God has so blessed us and so graced us that as a church, we started out giving, you know, with whatever we could give, which was not in denomination, no value a whole lot, but we gave whatever we could give. And God over the years has just blessed us and blessed us and blessed us. And since, since I don't know the last, I don't know, maybe five years, I've never taken up an offering from y'all. Never took up an offering. I've never laid out a specific, I mean, we take up an offering when guest speakers here, whatever, but I've never told y'all here's a project right now. And that whole creative house you see uh, that was in the pictures uh, that the, the, girls are going to, we've been doing that the whole time. We've built that house. We've, we've gotten it done. And tomorrow I'm transferring some more money. And when I say some more money, like tomorrow I'll transfer $100,000. Okay. And so people keep asking me, pastors keep asking me, how are you doing this? What did, did a family of multimillionaires move into your church? And that's how you're doing it. I said, man, brother, I'm going to tell you something. We made a decision years ago that as a church, it wasn't right for me to ask y'all to follow the word of God and tithe if we as a church did not tithe. And the day that we started that, the day that this church started tithing off your tithe, I, I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens. I don't, I, I'm not a person who watches over the finances. I don't know what goes on. I don't want to know what goes on. I don't want anybody to come to me and say, Hey, pastor, you know, I made a big donation the other day. And, uh, I wouldn't know because I don't look. I don't look at the finances. Never have. I just ask them every now and then, are we okay? And everybody says, keep going. I said, all right, I'll keep going. And, uh, but it's amazing. It's a miracle. It's literally, truly a miracle of what God has done with y'all through this church to bless all over the world and to rescue orphans and widows and to, to be a part of this. And folks, sometimes you're going to get to heaven. You're going to find some things that you had no idea that what you've done and the money you have sowed and the seeds that you have sowed have done in lives. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, this past week I was down, uh, in the valley in Alamo, Texas and preaching with, Sister Annie in the church at Bethany there uh, in Alamo. And, you know, they have missions all over Mexico. We've been working with them. The same, the two, the two uh, Guatemala and Kenya and, and Mexico, we've been working for 30 years or more. And I was down there preaching. And and the only thing that was a little discouraging, I hadn't been down there in a couple of years because COVID had messed everything up. But, uh, yeah, man, I was looking at all the guys and said, man, you look old. And they're like, I'm the same age as you are. And I said, no. Nah. 
Can't be. But you look old. And so they were giving me a hard time, and uh, although I had the most white hair. But uh, anyway, and, you know, missions are going on down there right now. We're, you know, they're, they're, they just had a, fi- a pastor's conference with 500 pastors that are on fire all over Mexico, establishing churches, building churches. You know, we're always buying cars. We're always doing stuff for them, building, putting roofs on churches. And, and I mean, this is an ongoing thing continually. You are in the middle of a church who is alive and touching the world. I can tell you that. And I praise God for it because, you know, bottom line is I just a ignorant cowboy got saved and brought in here. I don't have no great, great wisdom to, to do everything. The Holy Ghost just lines it up, opens the door and says, uh, you want to go through it? And I said, yes, sir. I mean, that's about it. And so we had great services down there. We preached. Five people gave their hearts to the Lord. I, I, I just love it. I, there was a woman in the back, and I was preaching. I kept noticing her the whole time. And as I was just sharing at the end of it, I gave an invitation, just like I always do here, and gave an invitation. She stood up and said, I want to receive Christ in my life. And she was oppressed. You could just see her countenance was just totally dark. And as I led her to, to the Lord, to the sinner's prayer, and I just saw it was just like the light bulb turned on. And it was just like a completely different human being standing there. And I just like, God, your majesty is so great. You are so, 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 so amazing. So praise God. Good things are happening. Amen. Amen. So praise God. I want to bless you this morning. And I know Pastor Charles was here last week. And and so I've kind of been off on my message, but I've been preaching this message about family business. God has a way that he wants us to do things. He has a way he wants us to operate. He wants us to be operating in the family business, but he wants us to operate the family business like he wants us to operate it. That makes sense. And so I don't want to go back over everything, but but uh, I'm just going to touch the very first thing I talked about is God's God of mercy and in his in his whole his whole means of operation. God has compassion on people. And if you you can't listen to me, you can't get to unmerciful because if you just think back about you, he had mercy on you. Look at the person beside you and say, he must be talking about you. I, don't, I mean, me, I was, I was a good guy. I never did anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, so we talked about that. We talked about how God's a God of mercy. And like I said, I don't want to review it all. You go back and listen to it and, uh, and, and, and hear that message on mercy. The second one was, is that God is a God of abundance. Listen to me. Do not think small. I want to tell you something. I praise God that that. When I went broke and I lost everything, and I didn't just go broke in one account. I mean, I lost everything to where we were digging change out between the seats to make it. I began to to to, to look on the ground. God showed me if I just look on the ground, you'd find money. You know, have y'all ever noticed that? You go to go to the convenience store, just look at the ground. You'll pick up a dollar fifty if you just stand there for a little bit and just just look around. It's all over the place, okay? And I started doing that and then I started using that money to sow with because we didn't have any money to give. And so I used all that money. So I just pick up money on the ground, man. I don't care what it was, 10 cents, three cents, five cents, you know, a buck fifty, man. I just put it in the offering plate and give to God. And so now we're we're literally giving hundreds of thousands of dollars away because of the coins I started learning to pick up off the ground. It's just a principle of God is the God of abundance. God wants to take you wherever you are right now today, and he wants to enlarge you. He wants to enlarge you, not so that you can then, you know, lavish it upon yourself, but so that then you can be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen. And so God is the God of abundance. That's a part of the family business. And so that was that was I don't know when last week, the week before, whenever last time I preached. 
And so here we go with here's today's message. Okay, I want you to turn your Bibles, get your Bibles out. Go to Deuteronomy 6, 4, Old Testament first, Deuteronomy 6, 4. I just want you all to know y'all are so blessed. They gave me the microphone last week at the church at a quarter to 12. Come on, Pastor Robert. Now it's your turn to preach. Quarter to 12. Man, I threw down. We didn't leave there until about 1.15. They loved it. Nobody left. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Amen? Now go to Isaiah 44, 6. Isaiah 44, 6. It says, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I'm the last. Besides me, there is no God. There's only one God. We see manifest as a father, the son and the Holy Spirit, but there's only one God. So there's only one way. Okay, there's only one God. There's only one way. And the second, the third point here in this whole message is, is there can only be one. And it's not you. <laughs> it isn't you. And I, I've seen this so much and I, I just want to just jump up and down and shout to try to get this message across. Or maybe I need to jump out there and grab you and shake you. I don't know. But I, I'm really fired up about this because, you know, when I see something that is really simple, and I see people doing it wrong, I just get frustrated because I just want to say, what are you doing? I just want to shake you and say, can't you see what you're doing is wrong? Quit doing it. Quit putting your finger in the light socket. Don't do it. You're going to do it. You get enticed. You just got to put your finger in the lights. Quit trying to see what's in that little hole. Leave it alone. But yet people go back and they put their finger in the light socket. They put their finger in the light socket and they, they don't want it to burn their finger. But they want to put it in there. And I keep saying, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And they just do it again. And I say, it's not the principle of the kingdom of God. Quit doing that. Well, I don't know. There's only one God and it's not you. OK. You've got to come to the place in your life that Jesus is going to be the Lord of your life. And you realize you are the servant and he is the Lord. You're not going to be operating in the family business as long as you're trying to develop your kingdom the way you want your kingdom developed and want God to bless it. I mean, I know this is kind of stepping on your toes, maybe. But there's a world right now has lost its mind. And the reason why it has lost its mind is because the Bible tells us that in the last day, deceiving spirits are going to be loosed on the face of the earth and people are going to get deceived by demonic forces. And that is what is taking place. People are being deceived by demonic forces. They want to do what they want to do and want God to bless it. And if it's not God's principle, it's not going to be blessed. Right. People want to take the word of God. And they want to make the word of God say what they want the word of God to say so that then they can go and do what they want to do. And then they wonder why they're not blessed. Folks, listen to me. We have major denominations and people who are called bishops. 
I think I want to buy me a ring, a big blue ring, and I'm just going to change me instead of Dr. Richards. I'll just be Bishop Richards and start my own, you know? Somebody that, some bishop that can speak some wisdom. But I, I, I'm telling you, there's people all over the place, got all kinds of degrees, all kinds of stuff right now, but are literally changing what God's principle of doing family business is and then asking God to bless it. And that is not going to end up well for them. It won't end up well for you in your life. I one time had a couple and, and don't even sit here and try to figure it out. This is so long ago. Most of y'all weren't even here. And, and this couple, I was, I was trying to do marriage counseling with them. And, and, and they, when they got in a fight, they threw dishes. And I was like, what? No, 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 you're not, you're joking, right? And I said, no, no. I mean, we saw our parents do it. So it's like, you know, he gets five plates and I get five plates. And, and I'm like, this is bizarre behavior. You, how could you in your life think this is normal? correct behavior to throw dishes. I said, besides just the sheer expense and cleanup, right? But they had seen that in their lives. That's how their parents did it. And so that was like, if you get in a fight and it gets bad enough, then everybody gets a plates and you go to throwing dishes. I'm serious. I'm not making this up. It sounds like something I would make up, but I'm not making it up. And to them, it was perfectly sane. It was perfectly normal. It was perfectly okay. That's just what you do. Then afterwards, you make up and everything's okay. But then, like I said, you got to pay for the dishes. And there's people today, denominations today, people that are supposed to be godly people that are supposed to know what the Word of God says, and they're making decisions for their whole denomination, and all the people like stupid sheep are going along with it, and they're going down a path and going down a road because they're wanting to do what they want to do and want God to bless it. So I'm telling you today that will not have success. There is only one God. There's only one way and it's him. And if you don't do it God's way, it is not going to prosper. Okay. Look at Matthew 22, 34, just in case people said, well, he's just using Old Testament scriptures. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's see what Jesus himself said. Matthew 22, 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which of the great commandments, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, here you go. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbors yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus is saying everything's going to work when you get this in your head, that if you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, then you want to love your neighbors yourself because you're loving God. And if you're loving God, then right on the inside of you, right on the inside of you, you're going to have this Ah, the spirit of life, what I've been preaching about on Wednesday nights, it's going to be stirring on down on the inside of you, and you're just naturally going to want to love somebody. Okay? And the problem is we love people, but we don't love sin. Sin's de simply defined in the Bible what it is. It doesn't make any difference if you're a, a drunk, a glutton, you know, a wife beater, a plate thrower, given to anger, given to revelies. I don't even know what those are, but I'm pretty sure I've done them. <laughs> Y'all with me? It don't make any difference. Sin is sin. Don't make any difference. If it's just being ugly to people and, 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 and having no faith, that's a sin. 
But you don't love the sin, you love the person. And you ask the person to, you tell them the gospel and try to get them into the first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul, so that then the spirit of God can touch them so that then they can be loved by God and know the love of God so that then they will love people and then everybody's in the family doing it by the family business. Not let's change everything so that we don't have to confront that. So what happens is, here we go, here we go now, here we go. What happens is, when you try to change or get God to line up with you rather than you lining up with God and him being number one, you develop bags that have holes in them. How many of you good country people have gone to went shopping, went and bought your groceries, came home, got those little old flimsy plastic bags, picked one of them up and the bag ripped in the bottom. You didn't see it and something fell out while you're going to walk into the house. Hello? Don't it make you mad? Because have you ever noticed that when you when the one the one bag rips and the one thing falls out, then when you try to take the bag and put it in the other hand to pick up the one thing that fell out, then the others fall out, right? Because bags with holes are no good. So look at the scripture here. God talks about this. Now let me just give you this uh, uh, a little history. <clears throat> the Jews had been in bondage. Ba- the, the, the Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had come and conquered Israel, conquered Jerusalem, taken them all captive, and they'd been in Babylon for 70 years. Then Cyrus comes up, the king of Babylon, and, and, and through Ezra and Nehemiah's ministry and whatever, they go back to Jerusalem, and their, their whole point was to rebuild the temple and to reestablish worship in Jerusalem. When he, the king had agreed to let them do this, he says, why is your face sad? And he said, my face is sad because the temple has been torn down and there's no worship to the one true God. So that's what their job was. So they go back and the prophet Haggai, that's where we're going to the book of Haggai 1. If you don't know where Haggai is, it's not easy to find because there's a little book stuck in there, but it's if you're in Matthew, head towards Genesis and go real slow. And, and if that doesn't work, look in the front of your Bible and see what page it is. I mean, that's kind of the easiest sometimes. Don't feel bad. Even pastors sometimes get them all mixed up at which way they are. I just know that from Daniel, they're from Daniel, between Daniel and Matthew, and then I just go... Haggai. H-A-G-G-A-I. Haggai. Haggai is the prophet. That was there. And he's, he, 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 isn't the, he isn't the priest. He isn't the high priest. He's the prophet. And God speaks to him one day. And here it is. One, five. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to be put in a bag with holes. You see, the world right now is trying to find their joy, their peace through any other means except seeking the one true God. Can I get a better amen than that? Come on, folks. I mean, that's what's going on in the world today. Demonic forces are speaking to people. You say, Pastor, don't get all, don't get all that mystical stuff on me. No, I don't like that Twilight Zone stuff. You better wake up. 
Because I want to tell you something. You can you, 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 right now, demonic forces are speaking to people because they are so stupid. Ain't nothing but a devil could have convinced them that that's right. Seriously, seriously. And I'm talking about high-ranking officials. I'm talking about all the way to the top, and all through underneath, and then just just everybody else running around. Have you noticed, have you noticed, listen to me, have you noticed people, and, and I've always noticed these people, and, and, but I never really paid a lot of attention to them, just people in the world, just, just, I'm, I'm not talking about that, they don't necessarily have to be bad people, but, but they always seem to be behind. Like, like, they, they, they get ahead, and they get some money, and, and then they're going along okay for a little bit, and then the tire blows out, and they have to go buy a tire, but then that put them back, well, then they can't pay rent, but then they do this, and they get a little bit of head, and then they get that up there, and then they look like they're going to do okay, and then all of a sudden, boom, something else happens. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They have bags that have holes in them. That's the truth. They have bags that have holes in them. They never can get ahead. They're always, because they're not operating in the right principles of the kingdom of God, where God is the love of their life, They want to do it their way, and because they want to do it their way, well, then what happens is they develop holes that have bags in them, and they're always behind. And I feel sorry for them because I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to help them, and I'm, and and, and I see it, but man, it's like they're going to make it a month, two, and then they're going to be back in trouble again. Y'all know who I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Am I, are y'all just looking at me like I'm nuts up here? Come on. Give me a smile or a head nod or something. I mean, Lord. Do you all know these kind of people? You may be one of them. Somebody may be listening out there this morning. You're one of them. I'll tell you, I'm going to show you how not to have whole bags that have holes in them that you keep losing what God has given you. Do you notice here he says it's not just about money because you notice he says uh, you don't get enough to eat. You drink, but you're not filled. In other words, you're trying to find these things in life that would satisfy you and make you happy. But even though you do it, you're not happy. You you went out and you, man, you partied down and you had fun and you hooped and hollered. And the next morning you got a hangover. I know that never happened to any of y'all and I've only read about it. Okay. So, but it happens to people, right? You're short on money and your head hurts, right? The poor prime minister of Sweden. I don't know if y'all saw that. She went out and partied. Oh, somebody there with the video camera. They're ready to impeach her because she was out having a good time. And then the headlines today read, I, I, I read, can a prime minister party? And I thought to myself, when I, I just saw the headlines and I laughed, I said, well, I guess it depends on to what extent. <laughs> what are we talking about? Went to a friend's house and had a dinner, you know, <laughs> or something else. Right? So anyway, my point is, they, it's not just money. I'm talking about the have bags that have holes. I'm talking about finding no joy in life, finding no peace. You think that man was going to be the one that was going to make you. He was, he was Jesus reincarnate and bless God, I married him. And then he found out he wasn't. Right? We look for things in this world to bring us joy and to bring us peace and then. Right? I don't know who came up with the idea that it would be a good idea to make peace with the people and hire 87,000 IRS agents. Now, if you're trying to get your party to look good, that was about the dumbest thing 
that you could have possibly ever done because nobody, I don't care who it is, likes the IRS. And then they're going to hire, they're going to double the amount. And all of us say, you've got to be kidding. Right? And so my point is, people are looking for joy in, in every way that they possibly can, trying to find fulfillment, trying to find something to bless them, trying to find something to give them purpose in life. But when God is not the number one in your life, you're going to do things that are only going to create your in your bag holes. Now, look what he says here. He says, you clothe yourself, but no one is warm. Let's say you earn wages. Okay, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but indeed it came to little. When you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? God's going to tell him why. Because of my house that is in ruin, while every one of you runs his own house. Now listen to me. What what it happened was they went back to rebuild the temple and to reestablish worship, but 16 years have transpired and the temple never got rebuilt because everybody came back and they were all fired up and they said, let's do it. Let's build the temple. And they started a little bit and they're like, yeah, you know, uh, on my house, I could do some work on, need to do some work on my house. And, and then they started pulling away and then they started not showing up and then they started, and then they, da, 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 and the next thing you know, no, we, we can't go work on the temple. And 16 years have gone by and they never finished the project they came to do because they started doing it their own way. If you want to see true success in life, make Jesus first in your life and watch what happens. Let him be first. Let him be Lord. Let him make the decisions. Every decision you make, you got to hear from heaven before you're going to act you got to go to the scriptures and search it out and find out what the word says so you know that you're operating in the family business and you're going to dig and dig and dig and be like a like a hen scratching for scratch. He's going to be down there looking and digging and digging because you want to know what the truth is. You want to know what the word says. You want to know what God's principle is. What is that? Is that a good investment or not? Should I do that, Lord, or not? It's not going to come over and say, well, Lord, I'll get to your house. Let me build mine first. That's what they did. And because of that, they develop bags, the prophet calls it, bags with holes in it. So the next time you go pick up your groceries and that sack rips, and that can of green beans falls out on the ground, you stop and think and ask yourself, do I have bags that have holes? Start looking in your own life. Now let me give you another scripture here. Go to Proverbs 23, 26. Simple principle here. Proverbs 23, 26 says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. God wants to be number one in your life. He always is wanting to be number one in your life. Okay. And you say, well, I, you know, I gave my life to Christ and da, 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 da. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Praise God. Glory to God. But how is every day going? Are you consulting with the number one before you make a decision? Okay. God's not interested in, in, in the way you want to do business. He's interested in the way he does business. You know, he's got a proven track record and we ought to do what he says. And that's why I love pastoring like I am. All I have to do is know what the word says and do it. And if somebody says something, then I say, well, let's go to the word. 
Let's see what it says. Okay, that's what the word says. All right, that's what we're going to do. It's already written down for me. I can follow these instructions. But right now the world's nuts, so folks, and I'm telling you, we're going to see some major denominations that have holes, bags that have holes in them. That they're going to start losing stuff out the, out the, the hole, and uh, they're going to be wondering what's going on. And it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a giant mess for them. For us, we're going to keep preaching the gospel. We're going to, you see, folks, I believe in a good old-fashioned gospel. I, I believe it's really simple. You love God. You get saved, you give your heart to Jesus, you get filled full of the Holy Spirit, and, and you read your Bible, and God takes care of the rest. Just go on. I mean, it's a simple gospel. It's not complicated. It's easy. It's just a good old-fashioned, give me that old-time religion kind of gospel. I was laughing. I, 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 I came across a, or was sent a video, and I was watching the video of a person who was preaching and he had this new book out and this man, it was slick. It was, he had a good title, man. He had all the things in there. I mean, it just, uh, he's going to sell millions and millions of copies. And I laugh because I preach the same message, but I just put it as dumbed it down as much as good for all of us to understand it and, and apply it to our life and go on. And I thought to myself, you know, Lord, it, one of these days, could you just give me the zip and let me, you know, Write a book that a million people would read. But nobody really wants to read my book because, you see, my book is just a simple old-fashioned gospel. Get saved, love God, read your Bible, go on. You don't know what to do, pray. And then if you didn't get an answer, keep praying. And if you didn't get an answer, you know what you do? Keep praying until you get an answer. And then maybe you need to stop and think about what you're praying and maybe you need to change what you're praying because maybe what you're praying is just you trying to get God to do what you want him to and maybe find out what God wants you to pray and then maybe you'll find an answer. I got to tell you all this. I'll just tell you a little quick story. I was praying, I, I, I had this, well, I didn't think it was a bad habit. You know, when you're young, you can eat anything. I think I told you all this a while back. I was at a restaurant and there was a guy, you know, in his 20s sitting there eating a double uh, meat cheeseburger, just just stuff draining out all over the side, had a big old deal of, you know, home cut steak fries on there. Looked like he got a double portion sitting right in front of him was a whole plate of chicken wings he'd eaten right before that. And he's just going at this burger. And I'm just sitting there. I said, you know, Lord, I, not, I don't know that I've ever been envious. <laughs> But if this is envy, I feel it. I want to be, I want to, I want to eat that, Lord. Just look how much fun it looks like he's having. My God. But if I ate it, take me two weeks to recover. Okay. And so, you know what I'm talking about, right? Now I've said all of that. Oh, here's the story. And so, so I, I, you know, like 20 years ago, I started having st stomach issues and I could not figure out why I was having stomach issues. Why was my stomach hurting? And, uh, and, and I, I just, it just would hurt. And so I pray about it. God heal me. God heal me. You know, I was always praying, God heal me. God, why don't you heal me? Heal my stomach. Heal my stomach. What's wrong? There's something wrong inside of me. Heal my stomach, you know? And then one day the Holy Ghost just had to sit down with me and says, you gotta, you gotta quit doing what you're doing. And I'm like, no. You gotta heal me. Just zap me. Just, Pour the oil on top of my head. Let it run through, God, so I can do what I want to. And he said, no, you got to change. I didn't like it. 
But it changed, you know. So anyway, it's a good old fashioned gospel. God's number one, right? Everybody say he's number one. So let me give you, let me see if I got enough time. I got enough time. Yeah, I'd start this one. Okay, so this is be, I believe, the fourth thing of the family business plan of way God does things. Go to Proverbs 3, 5. It's one you know, but that's where I want to start it. Have y'all, have y'all seen, there's a, I don't watch a lot of reality TV or whatever you call that stuff, but there was one that got my attention and it's called Bar Rescue, where a guy goes into the bars that aren't being, or, or restaurants that aren't being successful, and then he goes in there and tells them all what's wrong. He's real gruff and rough, and, and it's kind of whatever. But um, the point is, this is kind of that message. This, this is what I'm preaching to y'all. It's kind of that message. You're just going to have a, you know, a Holy Ghost rescue. In other words, God, I believe in these messages. He wants to come in there and he wants to rescue you. You're trying to operate your business, but it's not being productive. And the Holy Ghost is trying to show you something that can touch into your life. So then you can start to see how to get your business, your life productive. Amen. And so here's the fourth one. Okay. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Amen. Okay, the fourth point is simply this. God always has a direction for your life. Listen to me. I, I, I talk to people and, and, and people don't have, have any sense of direction. And this whole world keeps, keeps trying to find something that they want to join into and be a part of. And so, so they, they say, well, this looks like it would be good or whatever. But I'm telling you, there's really only one thing to go and join and be a part of, and that's the part of, of Jesus. And... God has a direction for your life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you got one breath left. God has a direction for your one breath to pray for something or speak something that could change the world's course. Every one of you, listen to me, every one of you, I do not care. You can't say, well, you know, my wife, she's the prayer person in the family. That's not true. God has a plan for each and every one of you, has something for each and every one of you and, and a purpose for each and every one of you and a direction for each and every one of you. God's not operating business just kind of, you know, willy nilly and however it works out. Well, OK, well, if they want to do it that way, then fine. I, I you know, whatever. No, God has a has something he wants to come into your life with and it's a direction. But he says, when you acknowledge me. In all of your ways, acknowledge me, make him number one. And then I'm going to direct your pass. Man, it's good if you know, see, you're doing point three. God's number one, that in the morning when you put your foot down, you're headed in the right direction. Another scripture, you know it, Jeremiah 29, 11. Okay, that's so, that's so many people's favorite scripture, but look what it says. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God has direction for you right now. Man, you got to understand something. God has a plan for you right now. And God's not having to adjust his plan because inflation is higher. You're not going to get to heaven. He says, well, I had a good one for you, but, you know, inflation just couldn't overcome it. That old COVID got in the way and it stopped everything. I couldn't make it happen. God's not. Man, folks, I'm telling you, God is not concerned about that. We are. 
And yeah, I mean, I don't want to walk through that. I didn't want to go through those years and I don't want to, you know, that was a mess and whatever and everything is, I mean, you still can't go to a restaurant and have any decent service. I went to a rest restaurant um, Thursday or Friday in San Antonio and the, it was always this place I loved to eat and it had all this stuff and then I, they gave me the menu and I was like, hmm, this is the menu? <laughs> what happened? You know, the dishes were, the amount of dishes were cut in half, you know, uh, you just got a, a smaller selection. And I, and then I looked around, and I thought, well, that's what they can't serve all this. They, they can't, they don't have the staff. They don't have the people. Everybody that was in the restaurant business in, in, you know, 2019 to 2020 and, and everybody got shut down. Everybody had to go get other jobs and now they've hired other people and it's just, it's a mess. We didn't want to walk through that, right? Nobody did, but. God's got a future and a hope for us. Everybody say that. Say, God's got a future and a hope for me. God's got a future and a hope for you. You're not undone no matter what's happened in life, no matter what's been thrown your way, no matter what crisis has come in, no matter what's taking place. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as a prophet of God, just would be standing here giving you the word of the Lord. I am telling you, God's got it under control. He's got a future and a hope for you. You don't ever get to retire. Come on. You're going to retire from Jesus. Just like one day you're going to stop and say, okay, I'm not going to be good anymore. I've worked this as hard. It's been a tough road. And I've been good all this time. Bless God. I ain't going to be good no more. Next person crosses me. I'm going to tell them off. Been waiting to do it forever. You don't get to retire from Jesus. Why? Because he's number one. He's your life. He's your everything. And he's changed and transformed you. So therefore you want to be more like him. So at your dying breath, you're going to be laying up there about the time the, the, the mortician is coming in there to put the death certificate down because he says you're dead. You're going to grab him real quick and say, Jesus is real. I mean, what's better than that, right? You won't die. Pretty, pretty convincing message. Are y'all with me? You say, preacher, you're just being crazy. I am a little stirred up this morning, you know, but, but why not? Why not? Why are we going to let the world sit here and tell us that the, you know, the armed 87,000 agents are coming to our house to extract everything from us? You ain't going to get nothing. Maybe they all get struck blind. Can't even find Utopia. <laughs> That happened in the Bible, right? Come to your house and they see a herd of angels sitting on top of the roof and they say, oh, we better go from here. I mean, why not? You say, oh, well, that's just, what? What? How about Peter in the jail? And they open up the door and the guys wake up and he's gone and they, he's out and the door just came open and why not? That only happened to them. Well, brother, that only happened in the old in the in the old days just to try to prove that the word of God was real. Now we just suffer till we die. Where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Bible that God quit doing miracles? The reason why there's no miracles going on is because we ain't believing him. Hey, folks, listen to me right down there in Mexico. Our, the pastors that we support, they're raising the dead. You say, what? Yes. There are miracles taking place all the time. All the time. 
Miracles are taking place. And he has a future and a hope for you. Don't let this world diminish it. Don't let this world push it down. Don't let the things that are going on, don't let the, you know, the inflation rate and who's president and this and that and the other get in your way. I had a friend one time, he said, yeah, he went down to the beach. He really enjoyed it. And I said, why? He said, well, there was just a lot of extremely large people on the beach and, and I didn't feel like I looked as bad. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's kind of like that. When there's darkness all around, your little light looks pretty shiny. All right. Go to Psalms 139, 17. Psalms 139, 17. It says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. <clears throat> when I awake, I'm still with you. Y'all ever picked up a, just a handful of sand and then tried to count how many grains are in it? In just one handful of sand? And see, it's like right now in my mind I can hear somebody said, yeah, probably all the thoughts he has about me are bad. That's wrong. God's thinking how he's going to get you a future and a hope. And he's thinking of all the thoughts towards you is more than the sand. And he's thinking of all those thoughts and he's going to make it happen in your life. But he just wants you to get in agreement with him and him to be number one in your life. And you just sit there and say, God, you got a plan for me. You need to wake up every morning and say, God, you got a plan for me and it's a good plan. So when something goes wrong and comes up in front of you, you say, well, Lord, you must have something worked out to get me to over." You know, get me through this plan or this this problem because uh, you got a lot of things. So what do you want me to do? Isaiah 40, verse 4. 40, verse 4. It says, Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low and the crooked place may be straight and the rough places smooth. Not only does he have a plan for you, but he has a plan that he wants to straighten out all the crooked places and smooth out all the rough places. You ever tried to drive your truck down a, a, a road that's really washboarded? And you shake it to pieces, right? He wants to smooth it out. He wants to bring the maintainer of the Holy Ghost in there. And he wants to run it down your road and straighten it out and smooth it out. The Holy Ghost maintainer. Woohoo! Right? God's not against you, He's for you. And he's got all this lined up and he wants to do all these blessings for us. And we're walking around complaining and griping and talking about, oh, gosh, this is the way it's going. IRS going to be at my house. When you should be waking up every morning saying, God, you prosper me so much. You bless me so much. God, there is no one like you. You are everything to me. You are a blessing. I love you. I love serving you. And as you do that, folks, and you get your confession going and you get all that coming out, man, you're going to find you're going to find that you're going to start finding that path. You're going to find that it's a smooth path. You're going to find it's a path that, that that's all kind of gotten straightened out. And it's going to be good. Amen. So make him number one. Don't have bags that have holes in them. Hello. Don't have bags that have holes them and realize that he's got a future and hope for you. He wants to bring you into that glorious place. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, put your Bibles up. I've got a couple more points, so we'll just do them another time. And stand up if you would. I pray this message spoke to your heart 
but I want to pray over you. But before I do, I just want to ask you, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, even if you're watching by video today and you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, I have good news to tell you today. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you would confess with your mouth and that you would believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on a cross for your sins, that His blood washes away your sins, and that He will come and live on the inside of you because He arose from the dead. The Bible says you'll be saved. He'll come into your life and He'll touch you and change you and you'll never, ever be the same. Just like the lady I prayed with last week and I saw her whole, trans just a transformation go over her. And I just want to pray with you today. If you're watching in the video audience, listen to me right there. Just begin to call out on the name of the Lord. Just pray and say, Jesus, come into my life. I love you. I, I believe in you. I want you to come into my life. I believe you're the Son of God and He'll touch you right there. If you're in the building today, can I have my prayer partners come on down, please? And uh, if you're in the building today and you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, we have prayer team people up here and they want to pray with you. Hey, you're not, they're not going to charge you nothing. They're not even going to write your name down. It doesn't mean you became a member of the church. You're a member of Living Waters Church if you desire to be, and that's it. No hoop to jump through. But we just want to pray with you. We want you to have that assurance in your heart to know that you know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. So if you're in here and you, you, you are not sure, we want you to come in just a minute and you can have these people and they'll pray for you and they'll bless you. But I want to pray over all of you right now. I want to pray over all of you. So if you would, join me in your faith in this prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray, oh Heavenly Father, right now that People's hearts today see that they have bags with holes in them, Lord, and they no longer desire that. That they throw away that worthless bag and they grab hold of you, O oh God, and that you become number one in their life. You, O oh God, become the one true God within their life that they worship. And Lord, then you begin to put within them the future and the hope and the, the excitement of knowing that you have a numerable multitude of thoughts towards them, Lord, more than the sand of the sea. And so, Lord, I just praise you for that. I thank you for it. I thank you for blessing them today. And Lord, giving us that, that sense of purpose that we're living for you with all of our heart. So, Lord, bless them today. Encourage them today. Strengthen them today, Lord God. And Lord, we give you all the praise for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen. And praise God, church. We're here. We'll pray with you. If you just need prayer about anything, we're up here to pray. Please come on.